many people just enter the space after seeing the many rags to riches stories, but crypto is so much more. Hello and welcome back to the Financial Fox with Steffi. Today, the show is fantastic. I have a hero, Benjamin Hamed, a 13 years old program crypto expert that created an NFT collection that traded for more than $5 million as now is completely dedicated to education which is the biggest challenge in crypto. Let's go straight to the interview, but remember that all the content here is for informational purposes only, and we don't offer any financial advice. So go do your own research, educate yourself and skill up. That's the most important things that you can do if you wanna be part of the crypto space. Hi, Benjamin. How are you? Hi, I'm doing great. How are you? Yeah, I'm fine. I'm fine. It's so good to have you on the show. Oh, thank you. I'm very excited to be here today. Okay. So I think if, let's start like that. For everybody that doesn't know who you are and how you got involved in crypto, I think it might be helpful if you can give some information about your background and what got you excited about NFT in particular. Yes. So my name's Benjamin. I'm a 13-year-old schoolboy from London, fascinated by the world of NFTs and cryptocurrencies. From a young age, I've always had an interest in coding. So I was about five, my brother was about six, and my dad would often come home, bring out his laptop and start coding. And me and my brother would just sniff around and see what he was doing. And he, he noticed our curiosity. So he got us set up with laptops and we started coding. Originally, just as a small, little fun learning experience would do here and then. But Eventually, we got a lot more serious. So we started doing daily coding challenges consistently, and I still do them every day to this day. I've done mine for the day today. And my coding interest really got me attracted to the NFT space. So last year, about January, my dad taught me about crypto and currencies and Bitcoin and Ethereum, but out of the group, me, my dad and my brother, I really investigated NFTs a bit more as I was fascinating, fascinated by the in, like the way art and development interlocked with each other. So that's what got me inspired to create my own collection. And I created a first collection, didn't sell any, but it was a great learning experience. I then created a second collection, which was a gen- generative art collection called Weird Wells. And it went viral, sold out within a few hours. And my net worth had gone from zero to seven figures on that day. So it was an amazing day and probably the happiest day of my life. Wow. And uh, I mean, obviously you were able to kind of monetize on your creation. So how was the feeling about, you know, starting like for fun, creating something to get to the stage where you are actually making more money than any average person can think of? Yes, so I always think that the best way to enter a space is to experiment within the space. So instead of being sat on the sidelines watching the space move, it's better just to get involved, just get out there, get on Twitter where most of the NFT space is thriving right now, get into all these Discord servers. And that's exactly what I did. I 
I don't know how to code Python. I've been learning JavaScript, HTML, and CSS, but Python was a key part of creating your like your NFTs as you put in all your different traits and base layers. So a trait could be a hat or maybe sunglasses, and then your base layer could be if it's a human or a cyborg or an animal, and you then put all these traits into a Python script, which generates your collection. So you put all your rarities for each trait as you specify in the Python script, and it generates your collection into a folder. And I don't have any background in Python, so I had to get out there, get into the discourse, contact people, ask people about this specific stage of the process. And through that, I was able to meet um, a radiologist from South Africa who goes by the screen name V and I was able to connect with someone online who lived all the way on the other side of the globe and I was able to then launch my collection just by getting out there and talking to people. Gosh, that makes me really emotional because, uh, I mean, in the podcast, I'm always, uh, you know, we've got different people. They come um, to me and say, oh, I want to get into crypto, you know, but they don't know how to do it. And they are not willing to make the extra mile to learn. And hearing that from you, you know, I didn't know anything. I'm just going to get out there and I'm going to get all the information I need. I'm going to get skill up and I, then I'm going to be able to play the game. And, and I think that is uh, so important uh, because the education, I mean, you probably feel that as well. The education in crypto is a big problem, right? Yeah, yes. As, as you mentioned, it's, it's a massive problem. Many people just enter the space after seeing the many rags to riches stories, but crypto is so much more. And uh, listen, when you are uh, talking to your uh, mates, uh, to your friends at school, I mean, do you see that the younger people or your friends, they are uh, keen to get more into crypto? How do you feel that? Because obviously I'm talking from my point, I'm another generation, then you see older people, you know, they might have got, uh, they are a bit skeptical. Asking to you, you are the next generation. How the next generation feel about crypto and the opportunity there? Yes, yeah, so in terms of my school year, not many people really understand crypto and NFTs, but I feel like younger people will be able to take it more in and um, be willing to change as you educate them about this space. As us younger people, we have experienced buying digital goods, for example, V-Bucks in Fortnite or Roblox and Robux, like Robux and Roblox. So we know, we understand what it feels like to buy digital goods and cosmetics online in all these different games. And NFTs is similar. You buy the NFT with this currency, which is Ethereum or Solana or any other currency. So I feel like the younger generation will definitely grasp um, NFTs and crypto more easily. So, so basically, uh, let's say we are talking about Roblox and metaverses. So why a young person will be more willing to spend their money for a digital assets, a digital accessory or, you know, anything to accessorize the avatar rather than use this money for something else. Tell me a little bit what's the mechanism, the dynamics that you say, right, if my dad, my mom gives me a little bit of money, I'm just going to use them there. Why? Yes, yeah, so people love 
buying these different cosmetics in the game to make them their characters look better. For example, in Fortnite, you maybe buy a different pickaxe or glider to make yourself look better. And these skins really don't have that much utility apart from making yourself look better in the game. And people spend billions of dollars of buying these cosmetics in games, but then they hate on NFTs. NFTs are so much more they have way more utility than just these skins you can buy in these games as let's say i was playing fortnite i bought a skin and then i really fell out with the game i didn't want to play it anymore my skins are locked in that game forever i can't move it from fortnite to another game whereas with nfts it provides a decentralized layer where a platform can build on top of it and then i own my goods wherever i go yeah, th I think that's a very important point. But before we come into that, um, do, s still sticking with the virtual world, is that the place where younger generation, they interact more with the themselves? So is that the place for you to socialize more? Yes, younger people socialize more online. So whenever I'm talking to my dad, he would often say, Oh, in my day, I'd go outside and play with kids in my area, you know, have cycle rides, walks around the area. But now, as a generation, we're moving more online. These games will become more like a sandbox and a social place for people to interact with other people, not necessarily just in their area, but people all around the globe as well. Okay. That's, uh, yeah, that's very interesting to hear. So let's go back to NFTs. And uh, I mean, last year and for the last couple of years, there was a lot of excitement, a lot of hype. I mean, you have seen the price of NFT, they were uh, crazy, right? Now we got to a stage where things are correcting, all the economic backdrop, backdrop is a little bit different, crypto is in a bear market. So what is next for NFTs? Sometimes I like to think about we need more utility. Do you agree on that? Or what is your take on the future of NFTs. Yeah, it's it's great that you mentioned utility because utility is a key word when it comes to NFTs. Is with normal physical art, you people really just buy the art for the artist or the story behind the art or what the art looks like. Whereas with NFTs, another dimension is introduced: utility. So most of these collections that are dropping, they just drop and then people buy them, pump them, dump them, and really at the end of the day there's no utility that comes with these nfts but if you look at the really top top collections like board ape yacht club they've been doing loads recently to add utility to their collection recently they had ape fest at nft nyc which was a meetup for all the board ape and mutant ape holders to meet together and on the last day of ape fest they had snoop dogg and eminem perform their new recent song together so Utility is definitely a big play, and I, as we like advance further into the world of NFTs, we'll move away from just price speculation and more into the utility behind the NFTs. Wow, and you were at the, in, uh, at the New York NFT events. So a, p a part of the Board Ape Fest, tell me something else behind the scenes that you love, you thought it was very cool, and some of the projects that impress you most. Yes, yeah, so... What I loved about NFT NYC, although we were in a bear market, 
no one mentioned the prices at all. It was just fun vibes, people meeting together, people knowing people behind the profile picture online. And no one was talking about the price speculation, how the price is going down. Everyone was just really having fun and, you know, taking in the moment. So that's what I loved about NFT NYC. Wow. And uh, uh, listen, most of the NFTs project has built on Ethereum. Okay. Then they moved to Polygon. What? Because you talk about before about being able uh, to move your assets outside the game in different uh, worlds. Tell me a little bit your take on interoperability. Are you just a fan of Ethereum and Polygon and what it or not? And what is your approach to other chain? How do you think the future is going to play out? Yes, yeah, so I don't really like making judgments about other chains if I haven't researched them. So the two, two cryptocurrencies I've really researched and gone in depth with is one Bitcoin and two Ethereum. But I know there's Solana, Cardano, Ripple, and these are other chains, but I personally haven't really researched about them. So I need to know more about them to make a judgment on whether I think they have a play in the future of the world. Gosh, I hope that many people will just take you as an example, as a very cautious approach that you are having. It's just amazing. Anyway, let's move on. I'm going to ask you some question about something else that you might not be into yet, but, you know, just be honest and tell me your take. DAO. So um, I was at the consensus uh, conference and Binance got this big house and they were basically doing uh, why a consensus, there were specific talks about maybe more digital assets and NFTs. They were more focused on uh, decentralized autonomous organization. There was a lot of interest there. Uh, what do you think about the current status of DAOs? And also, do you think they are going to be very important and they will be the place of a lot of exper experimentation in the next coming years? Yes, yeah, so <laughs> I'm going to go back to that cautious approach as this summer I probably will plan to learn more about DAOs and autonomous, um, decentralized autonomous organizations. As I haven't really looked at them, but people think DAOs will replace every company model will become a DAO, but I still believe there's still in the world, there'll still be some centralized corporations as DAOs move very slowly as, you know, you need the, you, you need the like consensus from everyone in that DAO group who holds that token. So DAOs currently do move very slowly as, and centralized startups move quicker. Yeah. And I think you also need a kind of transparency who all the, the earliest token, because otherwise it will be more like an oligarchy than actually <laughs> uh, democracy. But OK, so let's uh, let's move on and let's uh, touch maybe the concept of uh, um, digital identities, because that's exactly on another level is what you mentioned before. You know, you have an NFTs, you can bring it to another world. Do you think that digital assets uh, um is kind of like so much the intersection of digital identity, especially, you know, in fashion and all these accessories, they are part of your identity. So how do you see a future um, focus on decentralized, uh, or on, uh, on digital identities? Yeah, I, I, I think digital identities do have a big play in the future is you, you can be whatever you want online. You can be I know this sounds a bit crazy, but you can be an animal, you can be a cyborg, an alien when it comes to what what you're referred as online. But 
I think that's what I love about digital identities is in a metaverse powered world, like this diversity and inclusion plays a big part as everyone's all got these different funky characters. So I really do think digital identity has a big play. Okay, fantastic. So now tell me a little bit about what's happened on Twitter, because uh, I mean, I saw some crazy stuff happening and, uh, you know, I was also in the past, I was having difficulties uh, uh, to communicate something to Twitter. And, you know, at the end of the day, if they do something wrong, they should be able to address it quite quickly. And I think with you, they took quite an unfair step. So I would like to give you the platform to just maybe explain what's happened and also call for any support if you want to. Yeah, so I don't really have quite a good background with Twitter. So my dad, he managed my account and on my 13th birthday, he tried to pass down the account to me. So when he passed it to me, I changed the birthday to my birthday instead of his birthday. And Twitter instantly locked the account, asking for different like permissions and documents. So we tried to submit all the relevant documents, but we just couldn't get through to a real person. It was all just bots along the way. And first they deleted my tweets, and then later they just deleted the account as a whole and released the handle out there and didn't even notify me that my handle was out there. So anyone could have just picked up my handle and started scamming people and faking my identity. So quickly I checked to see if my handle was still available. And thank God I got the handle back. But unfortunately, all the good tweets, the tweets had gone viral. The first tweet the thread that I posted that managed to get traction around Weird World that had been deleted as well so I had to start from scratch and I'm slowly building up my Twitter profile which is at Obi-Wan Bononi and I focus on educational content. Yeah so anybody that you know is uh, listening just go and uh, follow Benjamin again I mean this is uh, this is really crazy and uh, and I kind of agree with you um, that you can't really get through a real person and that's a big problem. Do you think that maybe blockchain and kind of decentralized social media could perhaps uh, sort out most of the problem that Web2, Web2, social media, Web2, uh, are, are, do they have? Yes, Twitter's gone into the unfortunate position of trying to police 8 billion people on the planet and that's obviously going to bring lots of problems as my Twitch account getting deleted and my profile getting removed is a perfect example of how in these centralised services we own nothing, it's just us participating in the platform whereas with Web3 rather than participation it's more about ownership and that's where the blockchain layer and decentralised social networks come into play. Yeah, and this is where we come back again to the question about the problem about identity. You're going to be able to own your identity in Web3. I mean, we hope that that is going to happen. But let's talk a little bit more about this uh, education mission and everything that you have done so far since, uh, you know, you uh, you created this uh, fantastic collection. You make you make a lot of money, but you didn't stop there. You know, many people that would just take the money, enjoy them, you know, and then learn and then keep a making money themselves you are actually so young so cautious so um you know enthusiastic about crypto are is you are going out and and uh, you know 
trying to educate people in different uh, setting because I saw that you have been at Oxford University as well. So tell me a little bit more about what you have done and uh, why you are so excited about helping people to understand crypto. Yes, um, um, education first. As even during this bear market, I haven't once looked at my portfolio to see what the numbers are as I believe that number is going to continue to change over the next 10 years. So instead of focusing on that number, you should really be focusing on the educational aspect. So that's why I'm such a big fan of education as it was through education that I was able to get to where I am today. So I believe that I want to bless the opportunities that I have to other young people. So I recently spoke at the University of Oxford um, to a group of students and many students got back to me afterwards saying that they wanted to investigate the crypto space a bit more after my, my talk. So that was that was made me quite happy as I was able to onboard some new people to the space. I've also talked at Lisbon, at NFC Summit in Lisbon and NFT NYC recently in New York. And I'm working with the former head of digital on Barclays on a company called Working Fintech. So I like to think of working fintech as a bridge. We aim to educate people that leave university. There's many people that leave university, but they're not really sure what to do with their life. And also, there's also many jobs in the crypto space. There's many um, companies in Web3 that are looking for employees, but can't find the people with the correct skill set. So working fintech aims to bridge this gap and educate young people or old people as well and send them off and shift them to high paying jobs in the crypto space. Wow, that's uh, that's fantastic. That's uh, really emotional. And uh, I mean, I guess, um, um, you know, we are in the bad market right now. I don't want you to disclose anything about your investment. But if uh, somebody is uh, kind of starting now, um, do you maybe have some thought you want to share about cryptocurrency that you think they are going to be here in 10 years, as you mentioned, or like they are very good, sustainable project that, you know, you, you, you feel happy to support? Yes. So the two ones I've gone and deep dived into is Ethereum and Bitcoin. And I, even though it's a bear market, I remain as bullish as ever on those two coins as what I love about crypto is that it's censorship, resistance and permissionless. It doesn't matter if you're a king or a refugee, you all have the same rights and permissions. And that's a really powerful concept that was introduced by the blockchain and crypto. So I personally believe Bitcoin and Ethereum will have a massive play in the future of the world. What do you think? Uh, I mean, you mentioned earlier that you are working with this working group in fintech and the UK so far is trying to, you know, be more proactive to become a global crypto hub. What do you think uh, institution and the government, maybe in the UK, if you want to mention that, they can do better to promote innovation? Yes. So right now there's a lot of laws around crypto. There's a lot of Kind of, it's quite a grey area right now. Um, people uh, um, like around taxes, and people are quite weary about this area. And that's actually one point why people hate on crypto and NFTs is because of the grey area when it comes to the law. But I think if the government really clear it up, put clear laws in place, and put laws that aren't against the crypto community, but more that are there to keep the place safe, but also allow innovation to happen. 
Yeah, okay, so uh, obviously regulation is very important. Okay, so let's uh, wrap it up with um, two messages. One that you want to send out to, to people that are watching, and the other one is uh, something that you would like to say about your dad that actually got you into this space. Yeah, so the first message I'd like to send out to everyone is, I know I've mentioned this a lot throughout this show, but education is key you've got to educate yourself if you want to be in this space for the long term five ten years when the real opportunities will come educating yourself now is the best way to position yourself for that future and um the second point is i'd like to thank my dad for um teaching me and getting me into this position where i am today and his support um so support has been incredible wow is uh yeah it's great. Thank you so much, Benjamin. And again, anybody that is watching, go on Twitter, follow Benjamin. Benjamin, repeat your Twitter handle so everybody know where to find you. At Obi-Wan Benoni, O-B-I-W-A-N-B-E-N-O-N-I. Fantastic. And anybody who's got questions, just contact Benjamin that is doing so much amazing work to educate and help people to get in crypto with the right attitude. That's very important. Benjamin, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you for having me. All right. This interview is monumental. This interview, it just summarized the basic of what I'm trying to repeat in any video that I do, in any live streaming that I do. And when people ask me, how can I get started in crypto? This actually happened this weekend. I had a lady that she said, oh, I want to get into crypto. I want to make money. This is not the point. You need to educate yourself. If crypto is an industry that interests you, and if you think that crypto is going to be big part of our future, go and educate yourself. Do your own research. Reach out to the people on internet and try to skill up because that is the basic if you want to get into the crypto industry. So if you like this interview and you want to hear more of the amazing people that we have a conversation with then subscribe to our youtube channel and follow us on social media to stay up to date with our news and interviews i will see you next time